spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish podcast for independent minds. They are not conservatives. They voted against one, the greatest cut in history that Congress has ever voted for, two trillion. They voted against work requirements. They voted against NEPA reform. They voted against border security. They voted against God. They don't get to say they're conservative because they're angry and they're chaotic. That's not the party I belong to. The party of Reagan was if you believed in your principles that you could govern in a conservative way. They are not conservatives and they do not have the right to have the title. Now, former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy last night in his press conference after the dust began to settle. It's a Wednesday. It's the second hour. It means it's time for Mark Halpern, the wide world of news. Hey, Mark, again, fortuitous that you're here the day after. I know that elections are on Tuesdays and it's nice to have you on a Wednesday. But my God, so often news gets made on a Tuesday that I'm eager to hear your perspective. I'm glad to be here. And uh, and uh, last night, as all this was going down, needless to say, I thought, well, good thing Michael and I are talking tomorrow so I can get it off my chest. Good. Well, commence. Let me ask you this. Today, Wide World of News has yet another uh, of the McLaughlin Group style presentations, which I love. It's Robert Novak of the Chicago Sun-Times who speaks for me when he says, where is Trump? That's what everyone is asking. He's friends with McCarthy. His Kevin is out now. Hard news for Brian Jack, the modern day Ed Rogers, who has worked for both Trump and McCarthy. And Trump is close to Matt Gates. Speak to that issue, the Trump factor in all of this. It's so interesting. Um, you know, he's really into political gossip. He's really into intrigue. He's really into controlling the party. And he couldn't be closer to the to the two chief protagonists here. And yet, all he could muster in, in this was a statement yesterday saying Republicans should fight with Joe Biden, not with each other. Um, very surprising to people. Uh, I think he's privately talked to both Gates and McCarthy from my reporting and from what they've said publicly, but no insight into what's going on there. Um, look, there's a school of thought from some people I talked to last night that says this is good for Trump because he can run against Washington. He's at his best when he can say Washington's all broken. You need me to come in and save it. And so dysfunction in the House, even amongst his friends, while it may hurt the Republican brand, it may hurt the legislative process. There's a school of thought from some smart folks I've talked to that is good for Trump uh, because it's right on brand for him. Um, we'll see if, 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 um, if, if uh, the person who's speaker is a Trump person. All the people who are named are pretty much Trump people, some slightly less than others. 
but he's going to get a speaker who who will be close to him. Uh, and you know, the thing Trump doesn't like is weakness. That's like his big thing is to rail against weakness. And McCarthy was proving, uh, as as many people you know forecast when he first got the job, he was proving to be a weak speaker because in part in part because of his style, but really more because of the complexities of being a speaker of the Republican Party since the Tea Party was invented. And I wouldn't anticipate Trump getting involved, but he could decide to. He could decide if there's a competitive race. He could pick his favorite choice. I was about to say, but doesn't the perception of chaos created largely by Republicans, maybe could have been averted by Democrats, but created by Republicans in this case, doesn't that harm Trump, the brand, the Republicans? But then I'm stopping myself. I mean, that's a ridiculous statement because chaos is his, is his it's his middle exactly. name, right? It's his yeah, middle it's name. His, it's his middle name. But but in addition, again, Trump wants to be able to say to the country, Washington is messed up, just as he did in 2015, 2016. Washington's messed up. You know it. I know it. It's never going to get better. It's never going to be fixed by the career politicians. So let's roll another set of grenades with no pins in them into the center of town and see what happens. And so the more there's shutdowns, the more there's chaos, there's more there's um, a seeming need for a larger-than-life figure, the better it is for Trump, certainly in the nomination fight. And, you know, given what happened in 2016, arguably in the general election as well. The Republicans have on their side immigration. They have on their side inflation. Uh, they have on their side what else would I put? The border. I mean, there's some real. Well, I already said that. Well, the Republicans yeah, have immigration. But, they have inflation. They have crime. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, that triumvirate yeah. of issues. And Mark, yesterday, kind of lost in the shuffle on any other day. I think it would be a much bigger story. Gallup comes out with a new poll that says that Republicans are more disliked than Democrats. But the Republican issues, more specifically, 53 percent of Americans think the Republican Party will do a better job of keeping the country prosperous and a slightly larger majority have greater faith in R's than D's to protect the country from terrorism and military threats. The issues are on the side of the GOP. But unfortunately, you know, the perception of which party is more uh, able to get things done is not on their side. Well, the, the Gallup poll, which I'm glad you brought up because because it is obviously not getting much attention in this news cycle, very similar to the results in that NBC News poll that got a lot of attention when it came out uh, because because the same kind of uh, data there. Which party do you trust more on issue X, issue Y? Historically strong numbers for the Republicans there. As you know, one of the things that the Democrats have long touted in, in terms of their brand is, well, the voters agree with us on the issues. They want tax cuts on the wealthiest in corporations. They want um, gun control. They want a, a, um, a social safety net. And the data back that up to a large extent. Abortion is an issue, obviously, where the Democrats, even Republicans will admit, do have the upper hand. But you're right that that on some of these issues that are that are policy vulnerabilities for the Democrats and the president are also now political liabilities. And that's why you hear so many Republicans who don't like Donald Trump say, if we had anyone else as our nominee with this advantage and, and Biden's vulnerabilities, we would win. And and yet, you know, as we've seen, despite the legal troubles and the skipping of the debates, or maybe because of the legal troubles and skipping of the debates, Donald Trump is only in a stronger position now than a month ago and two months ago and three months ago to win the nomination. Do you think that what you and I have just identified, Republicans having... 
uh, a better arsenal of issues at this stage. Democrats obviously have abortion and other things going for them as well. But does this explain in part the refusal of Democrats to come to the rescue of Kevin McCarthy? I know you know the story of them showing the video of Kevin McCarthy Sunday morning with Margaret Brennan on CBS News Face the Nation, uh, using that as sort of a psych film before they decided what they were going to do. But what do you make of Hakeem Jeffries not throwing a life raft to McCarthy? Yeah. Well, first of all, just to button up on the Trump thing, remember the issues you cited, crime, immigration and the economy. Those are all the issues Trump ran on in 2015. Good right? point. So yeah. so these are these are Trump core Trump identity issues. And and he's comfortable talking about them. Obviously, his record on those issues, is, as even some of his Republican rivals point out, is not as good as Trump claims it was. But for Trump as a salesman, not necessarily as someone with a record in the White House on these issues that he claims to have. As a salesman, these are good issues for him. Look, the Democrats, we're in a tribal situation for, you know, decades now. The Democrats, I think it's 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 unfair of, of, to say they should have helped Kevin McCarthy out for the sake of the institution because they can rightly point to ways in which Kevin McCarthy has not been the greatest defender of the institution. I think the main reason that there are two main reasons why they didn't come to McCarthy's defense for, just on the politics beyond the tribalism. First of all, the only way they could have done it was to, to make a deal that brought them certain things in terms of policy and process, like kill the, kill the impeachment hearing or, or let them have more control over the floor. If McCarthy had agreed to any of the things that they wanted, let alone all of them, that they would have demanded in exchange for saving him, then um, he would have lost the speakership anyway because more Republicans would have said, no, that's a non-starter. So there was no deal to be had, I don't believe, and I think that's pretty pretty clear to the people I talked to on both sides. The other thing is, um, look, there's a there's a, a a strength to the way Hakeem Jeffries, Nancy Pelosi's successor as the leaders of the Democrats in the House, uh, one of his big successes is keeping the caucus unified. And while there were some Democrats who wanted to um, think about making a deal with McCarthy, there were some who clearly didn't want to, and and not an insignificant number, and a loud number, and an influential number. And so if 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 um if if, if Hakeem Jeffries wanted a unified position, and he did very much in keeping with his style, he had to go with kind of the lowest common denominator of we're not we don't want to make a deal, and he was no never going to turn those people. And they were again big and loud group, an influential group. So if he if he had to keep everybody together, that was really the only position you could keep everybody together on. And that's why they showed the thing from CBS, because because it was easy to get the people who were even thinking about wanting to make a deal on the side of those who said no deal, no way. Once they showed McCarthy trashing the Democrats for blaming them for for, for causing the trouble. This is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. 
Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. I've said nothing. You've said nothing about President Biden up until now. How does this all impact him, if at all? Well, look, he has a record of accomplishment of getting bipartisan deals done in early in this term. That's going to be hard. And, and, and so it takes a little bit of the, of the talking point away and the substantive accomplishment. And he's a serious person about things like Ukraine aid and no government shutdown. And so he, he was, I thought, remarkably hands off in the run-up to a potential shutdown. I understand the politics of why they did that, wanted to blame McCarthy, but I was really struck by the degree to which he kind of washed his hands of being involved in solving it. And, and, and now, you know, I think, I think the next speaker, I think people are going to be potentially super surprised by, ha- by how far away they are from Kevin McCarthy's skill level in trying to get these things done. So he wants Ukraine aid. He wants there to not be a shutdown. He's going to have to figure out how to do that. That has policy implications for the country and, and, and the world in both cases. But it also speaks to the politics of what is his governing life going to be like. And, and as you know, despite his accomplishments, despite the White House constant PR efforts to get people to appreciate the benefits of what's passed in terms of infrastructure and the economy and, and prescription drugs, et cetera, the public so far is not overwhelmingly enthusiastic about Joe Biden's record. And I think this chaos, this inability to get more done, this ability of the Republicans to say Biden can't govern effectively, I think all that's exacerbated by what's happening in the House. So as much as the House Democrats last night were high-fiving and celebrating the disarray on the other side, I don't see much political upside here except except MAGA, right, saying MAGA Republicans, MAGA Republicans, which along with saying abortion rights, abortion rights are really core to the Biden-Harris re-election effort. So particularly if the speaker is Jim Jordan or someone else from the the MAGA MAGA wing of the party, it does allow Joe Biden to say that. And that's right. That's the big that's sort of the two big pieces, uh, along with abortion and some other issues. But two of the big pieces, which is Democrats shout MAGA MAGA MAGA, Republicans shout Joe Biden's incompetent. And both those things are, are brought into play paradoxically by by the series of events regarding Kevin McCarthy. And Mark, finally, President Trump, former President Trump, has spent a couple of days this week in a New York City courtroom. Has anything changed with regard to the standing in the Republican nomination fight since we last conversed? Uh, It's stronger uh, than when we last conversed uh, because there's been more polling, national and state polling, that show uh, his standing. You saw the attempts of Chris Christie and Vivek Ramaswamy to do a kind of a freelance one-on-one debate on Fox destroyed by the RNC. Um, again, we can't have time to get into full implications of that, but, but, but the big, the big thing that's going on now, which I think you're going to hear all the campaigns when the candidates drop out, assuming Trump steamrolls here, which he may, 
uh, is they can't get an attention for anything. They can, they can light themselves on fire on Fifth Avenue and drink a margarita out of a bathtub, and nobody's paying any attention to them. And the, the McCarthy thing exacerbates that, and, and the Trump legal problems exacerbate that. And part of why he went to court, part of why, was to you know blot out the sun. And the polling data reflects that. Uh, Trump, Trump uh, had, and I wrote about this in the newsletter today, Trump has, the Trump people basically want four candidates in Iowa and a slightly different roster of four candidates in New Hampshire to all get about 8% of the vote. Because if, thir- if four people split 32% of the vote, nobody's going to be anywhere near where Trump is, the top, you know, the top four after him. And so they, they basically, you know, you know imperfectly but, but pretty, pretty effectively, they touch the dials, they toggle the dials around to say, well, we need Nikki Haley to go up and we need, we need Ron DeSantis to come down. And now we need Ramaswamy to come up and Nikki Haley to come down. We need Christie to come down, whatever. And I, I think they're, you know, they're being pretty effective there. So, so you see another week has gone by also where Nick, the Nikki Haley boomlet, which exists largely in the minds of some rich donors and the media, not really panning out, right? She's not, she's not at 15. She's not at 20. Some polls, she's still in low single digits. And so it's another week closer to Iowa where if you say to people, well, who's, who's a threat to Trump? Some would say Nikki Haley. Some would say uh, Ron DeSantis. And then you look at the data and you say, well, if those are your two biggest threats, that's a problem. Finally, I'll say Glenn Youngkin get another boom lit up. Well, maybe Glenn Youngkin, the governor of Virginia, will get in. Again, there's no single dynamic in the nomination process more uh, positive for the team Trump than when people say, well, Glenn Youngkin is going to be the one who beats Trump. So stronger than he was a week ago. I'll say again, our favorite caveat, I'm not cheering for Trump. I'm not predicting he'll be the nominee. <laughs> but boy, boy, does he look stronger now than, than anyone would imagine for a guy who's under indictment facing these civil uh, uh, cases, as well as just blithely skipping the debates. And I reaffirmed with the campaign last night, no intention to appear, not just in the next debate, but in any of the nomination debates, although super eager to debate Joe Biden. In percentage terms, what accounts for his presence in New York City as between he thinks it helps him politically and he wants to protect his net worth? Great question. Great question. Um, That's a hard one because, right, you can ask all of Trump's aides and even ask Trump. And this is like a a question about psychology as well as as well as the practical things. I'd say I'd say he's there probably 70 percent because he wants to be in the courtroom to try to intimidate people and to and to try to shape the discussion, maybe influence the judge, although may backfire given the judge. And I'd say 30 percent he's there, uh, you know, for campaign purposes. I think I think they've done their normal, very skillful job of turning his presence into something that works for him for fundraising, works for him to blot out the other candidates, works for him for messaging. But I think I don't think he'd be spending three days there, which appears to be what he's doing, uh, 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 except more for, you know, the sort of outrage. And, and as you know, he skipped the civil trial, Eugene Carroll case. He didn't come to the courtroom and he lost that. And I think he feels like, you know, he wants to be there to try to control it as much as he can, even though, again, I'm not sure how effective that would be. Wait, wait, are you saying it's 70 percent net worth and 30 percent campaign or the reverse? Uh, no, the first. It's mostly it's mostly mostly just he doesn't want to not go and then lose and feel like I should have gone to try to impact the outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think it, I think, it's a, like I said, it's hard to say because they dovetail completely. There's no conflict there. Right. So 
So what the actual percentage is, it's really more of the, the melange, the stew, the jambalaya <laughs> of, of motivation that causes him to say, well, like, we know when I go sit in court and we stage manage the Bronco ride to the courthouse and the walk-in and the press conference and the completely bizarre photo op that the judge allowed of cameras coming in and shooting B-roll, we know that when we do that, we raise money and we, you know, and our poll numbers go up. So, you know, so it wasn't like it was those two things are not in conflict. They're they're you know, they work in concert. But I really do think he would not have gone certainly for three days, if not for the desire to see if he couldn't, you know, make this come out to his liking. Uh, I'll play my role of uh, John McLaughlin and say the correct answer is 70-30, 70% determined by his concern over net worth and control of the property, 30% for the campaign, but that so I... Same, 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 as, same as me. I, I, okay, yeah. I acknowledge you're correct in saying there is no conflict and he, he gets to serve both purposes. Well, yeah. I agree, but are you agreeing with seventy thirty, or are you just yeah, I am. My yeah, yeah. I, no, it was unclear to me where where you, where okay. you were coming yeah, yeah. down. Seventy thirty, seventy thirty protection, and that. And if you agree with me, it doesn't allow you to say wrong. Right. Bye uh, bye. I'll talk to you next week. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Mark Halpern, ladies and gentlemen, every Wednesday in the second hour of the program, a lot of fodder there for you to follow up on. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. Now, Scott in Lexington, Kentucky. Greetings. What did you most want to say today? Just say if Donald Trump can't can't keep the Republican Party together, how would he ever take care of Ukraine and Russia? Okay, you know I have to ask about the livestock behind you. What what's going? What is it? Chickens? Yeah, they are chickens. <laughs> nice. Are, are you like calling me from the barn, or what? What paint the picture for me? I'm actually calling you from my bathroom in the house. <laughs> Okay, the chickens are in the bathroom? No, they're out. The window's open. They're outside. You can hear them from that far. <laughs> okay. All right. Good for you. Uh, I have no idea what your point was because I was distracted by the chickens. Your, your point, I guess, was that Trump can't keep anything together. I mean, he How's he going to? Yeah. 
Yeah, he says keeps talking about he'll do it in one day with Russia and Ukraine, but yet the Republicans, he can't even keep them together. So it's just, you know, but anyway, and I agree with you, we, the Democrats should have kept him in. All right. Hi, Allison. Greetings in North Carolina. What did you most want to say? Hi, Michael. I had a process question. Oh, with, boy. Um, and hopefully someone can. With the um, now we have to vote for a new speaker of the House. Do the rules get to change? Do they start over with renegotiating the rules so that a motion to vacate perhaps will not be allowed to be called by one person? That's a great question. That rule would have to be changed. It's not as if because now we've exercised it, it goes away. It is still it is still the rule. I'm tempted to say take all of your process questions and give them to Steve Scully. He's he's much sharper than than yours truly on these matters. But no, I, I believe that rule stands until it gets changed, if and when it gets changed. Gary in New Hampshire, greetings. What did you want to say? What I wanted to say is I don't understand why the Democrat Democrats can't work with the moderate Republicans to get a speaker that they could work with. I don't know how many real moderate Republicans there are. And if, if there would if there would be enough. I mean, I guess if, if you got the problem solvers caucus, I I've always thought they love that label. Right. I don't know if they if they if they all deserve it. Some of them deserve it, uh, but not all of them all deserve it. Well, right. You only yeah. need well, right. Is it is it a Republican? I mean, it, it would have to be a Republican problem solver. You're not going to give it to the right. Democrats, but you're going to say, hey, here's here's someone like Brian Fitzpatrick. I'll, I'll go with someone that right. I know well or Josh Gottheimer. But you're, you're going to go, although he's the D, uh, you're going to go. Yeah, Fitzpatrick. I, I think that would be a good one. You know, what if what if all of the moderates stick together with him? It's an interesting question. Todd, Charleston, West Virginia. Hi. Hey, yeah. Hi, Michael. I got a comment and a question First, the comment regarding the Democrats uh, bailing out McCarthy. Mm-hmm. It, it seems to me that uh, Nancy Pelosi, no matter what you think of her, uh, is nothing if not a, a, a expert tactician. And you know she had her hand in this. So I guess uh, for my vote, I would defer to her and the Democrat leadership on their decision to, to do what they did. Uh, now, my question to you would be, the uh, after your conversation with Mark Halperin, does that cause you to rethink your position on how you answered the question or how you voted? No, no, I, I'm, I'm secure in my vote. I have now, I've cast my ballot. I did it during one of the commercial breaks, and I, I am voting on the, on the, here's the way that it was worded. The poll question today, should Democrats in the House have saved Kevin McCarthy so as to avoid chaos? Mine is a yes vote. I'm saying yes. I'm 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 okay. of that opinion. It was my gut, and that hasn't changed. So, how Thank do you feel about the Pelosi two cents worth, or actually probably more like a buck and a half worth in making the decision? I don't think there's anybody on the Republican side that can really hold a candle to her uh, regarding the, the the ins and outs of tactical movements in the House. I don't know, but you're. I think you're giving her too much credit. She's been physically removed because of of the passing of Senator Feinstein. I don't get the impression that that she played a, an important role in any of this. Anthony, hello in Sewell, New Jersey. What did you most want to tell us? Hi, Michael. Just a last ditch effort to persuade you a little. Uh, sure. Just want to say uh, this man, Kevin uh, Kevin McCarthy, yep. represents a group of people that. Uh, everything we're fighting against and 
that makes him a bad man. And when there's a bad man in power, you call him out. And if they elect somebody worse, we call them out. God forbid that I will quote Chris Christie, but we have to stop normalizing this behavior. Call how will you every time. How will you feel how will you feel if in 48 hours Jim Jordan is the speaker of the house? I will be very depressed and upset and we're going to have to just call him out and But then later, but then will you but will, will you then up. come around will you then come around to my thinking and say geez, Kevin McCarthy not so bad. Kevin Kevin McCarthy a guy no, who I, worked with the administration to stave off default and keep the government open. Two things. The devil you know is supposed to be metaphorical. But hmm. when it's literal, you got to call it out. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. I, I'm not referring to either of them as devils, but uh, I get your argument. Hi, Tyler. Greetings in Houston, Texas. What did you most want to say? Hi, Michael. Love your show. Um, unfortunately, so with these Matt Gates types of stunts, I think as you know, a lifelong Republican, I'd probably have to vote Democrat just a few cycles. Um. I think the only way to strip the Matt Gates of the world of their influence is just to put them in the minority, you know, short of moving to Florida or Georgia or wherever he's from and voting him out. But uh, my quick point is I'd rather be fighting policy fights with Democrats than having these incompetency, uh, you know, these crises of incompetency and lack of leadership with Republicans. So that's all hard, I'll say to that. Hard to see how it gets better in the short term, just given the, the self-sorting and gerrymandering that exists in the country. David, hi in Texas. How you doing, Mr. Oh, good. Michael, Michael, uh, go ahead. You know, I, I, I agree that uh, the Democrats definitely should have uh, voted yes to save McCarthy. But it just would have prolonged the, the problem and the issue. You know, once they got it, once they got, once Republicans got McCarthy out, it would have been the same type of guy that would have replaced McCarthy. So it's like a double-edged sword. You do if you do, you don't if you don't. Well, I I was never making the case that we should, that Democrats should have kept him long term, but rather that they would get through the forty-five days of this continuing resolution, so that we're not faced with a worse crisis now, probably with forty or so days left on the clock with a government shutdown. Karen, hello in Virginia, Leesburg. Mike, listen. Hey. Um, it is about time that the Democrats got a spine and start standing up for what they believed in. I do. I am glad that they didn't save McCarthy. He went back. He <laughs> reneged on the deal that he did back in the summer with Biden. And on top of that, he throws the Democrats and, and under the bus all the time. So I'm, I'm annoyed that the Democrats is always the one that's waving the right flag. We grow high. We go high when they go low. That's all nonsense and that's bullshit. It's about time that the Democrats start putting a foot down and demanding respect. And not saving Kevin McCarthy is the very first thing. They got stuff they have. They have a platform to run on. They need to focus on messaging and not trying to save everybody in the world so they can get and go high and and not be low. But I am glad that they did it because Finally, there's a level of respect out here for the, what the, the Democrats do I mean, the do political, the political argument. Thank you, Karen. The political argument for Democrats doing what they did is is just to allow the perception of uh, Republican inability to govern to grow even larger. As that Gallup poll indicated, there's more dislike for Republicans than dislike for Democrats. But the Republicans currently have better issues than do the Democrats. So this this will just 
paint them further as a party that, that can't get it together, which is the best card that the D's have going for them right now. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Expectations matter. What do you expect from an SUV? Versatility? A range of sizes built to fit your life? A range of exteriors that all invite stairs? Or being able to take control of more than just the wheel? Expectations matter, but exceeding them matters more. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel.